For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner. Really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. Imagine More Success Radio Show is the all-about-you show with successful entrepreneurs and business experts sharing their stories and powerful takeaways while providing you with the tips, tools, tactics, and a free weekly gift to help you thrive. Your hosts for the Imagine More Success Radio Show are the best-selling authors Cindy Hendricks, a certified business consultant, and Thomas Hyde, a certified world-class public speaking coach. Check out the Imagine More Success Radio Show at imaginemoresuccess.net because now is the time to realize your dreams and to imagine more success. Welcome to the Imagine More Success show with Cindy and Thomas. We are so glad that you could join us today. If you're listening in the US, uh, you know, you may have you may still be waiting to find out who the president is and if you're listening in the rest of the world, you may still be waiting to find out who the US president is as well. We're excited that you could join us today because we've got a really fun show for you and we've got a show that's going to be I think very enlightening. Uh, the entire series of shows that we've been doing uh, really, the bulk of this year have been around helping your business to streamline or to grow or to find more clients or to create more income or to generate more revenue, because that is a message that you probably need to be hearing right now. We want to bring some hope. We want to bring some uh, really great outcomes for you. So we're going to continue that with our show today as we talk about profit optimization and how you can begin to utilize technology and automation to ensure your business success. Well, that's so, really the name of the game in this world today is uh, keep those profits up and to get on with it with the technology age, right? Absolutely. You know, that's a, a place that really, if you didn't embrace it before, you may find yourself having to do that. A lot of traditional businesses have found themselves having to kind of play catch-ups specifically since February and March. And uh, we're going to do some kind of deep diving today into some really cool automations for you, especially if you find yourself in a business where you're doing a lot of one-on-one -on -one work as well. So today we're going to have a really fun guest on. We've got Melanie McSally. She is a profit optimization and technology expert. She's actually from one of my favorite cities in the country, Cindy, Boston. Have you been there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big fan. I'm a big fan of the town. I lived there for several years. It's a great ah, place. So you know about Gloucester then? Yeah, um, more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> Melanie's pretty awesome. She graduated top of her class in engineering school and uh, has her master's degree in engineering management and holds a number of certifications. And uh, just last year, she actually made a huge switch, created her own business. She's one of the leading authorities, again, on streamlining businesses to maximize, pro maximize profits. 
And we're going to be talking about how you can begin to learn from her, how you can navigate some politics, which seems very timely, accomplish the goals and become an accomplished and respected leader in your own field. You know, she's done a lot of work with nonprofits as well. And in addition to that, she's also a competitive triathlete, which I am completely impressed by. We want to go ahead and welcome her to the show. Melanie McSally, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This is such a an amazing platform you two have built here, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. Oh, we're glad to have you. Thanks so much, and we sure enjoy having a good time while sharing everyone's expertise and learning ourselves about all you wonderful people that we bring in. Yeah, yeah. Melanie, what a fun as, job, right? Seriously. Melanie, <laughs> as an overall kind of concept of Automize, uh, automating and bringing new technologies into your business. Tell me what that means for the business owner who's listening today. Um, that's a great question. So one of my big missions in life is to, um, to really show uh, business owners that, um, that automation technology in general doesn't have to be out of reach. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to take you a lot of time to put in and, place. And it doesn't have to be painful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and so our goal is really to uh, help entrepreneurs. So we really focus on the the brand new business owners up until up until they're really making that six figures. Right. All the way from from zero to 60 uh, to show that your technology can be proportional in dollars to where you are in business. That way, if you're not making any money, it doesn't have to cost you millions to put it in place. Um, and, and, and what we like to tell people is that you, you never know when the Oprah effect is going to happen. And so you always want to be prepared for that success. And you want to have this, um, I'm ready for success mindset, because if you're thinking about, I'll do it when, then you're putting off your success into the future and the future is always in the future. <laughs> and tell me, what exactly is the Oprah effect? The Oprah effect is basically um, when success knocks on your door and says, I'm ready to work with you. I'm ready um, to learn from your expertise, to, um, to build my business in only a way that you can help me do. Um, it's really, you know, that 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 effect of just because somebody mentioned you now there's millions of people that want to work with you uh, millions. So it's as, if, as if someone finds themselves on oprah's program and then they become literally that overnight success exactly beautiful uh, for the mm -hmm. average person, I think, who is starting a business, especially this year, where probably a lot of people have been forced to start their own business, how do you think they're kind of feeling right now as far as trying to integrate this technology? Well, I think you're, you're going to find yourselves in, in one of two camps. You're, you're either going to be looking at the world as an opportunity right? Oh, I'm, I'm at home. I get to spend time with my family. I get quiet time to innovate. Um, I get focus time, all of these, uh, great positive ways to, uh, look at you yourself and your business. Um, even if you find yourself unemployed, you might be looking at it as an opportunity to create something new, to do that thing that you've never had time to do before. 
or you might be in the camp where you're not sure of the path forward and you just need that little nudge to say, hey, you have a genius that only you have and it needs to be shared. So let's use this time as an opportunity to put that out into the world. Let's let's start with some of the um, the overall concepts of the technology that you offer and that you assist people with. Tell us basically kind of the, the categories of technology that's available to the small business owner and and where you where you serve your guests or your clients most. Sure. So um, we focus on automation first. So we we focus on really allowing you to focus on what you're good at and let the technology handle the rest. So I like to say that success is the intersection between knowing and doing, and you know, and the automation does. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Um, and kind of so, replicating yourself then rather than yeah, doing everything yourself. Exactly. Um, and, and so what you really want to think about um, and this is this is really a hard, hard concept for people in, you know, it was definitely one that I faced in my own business is what what are the things that only I can do? And and, you know, like really take a serious look at that, because um, I recently went through a growth spurt where I had to um, I really had to hire out for me, right, for what my genius is, because I needed to scale what I specifically do within my own business. Uh, and I couldn't do that all by myself. There was only so many hours in the day. Um, and so it's really hard to sort of let go of the reins of something you think that only you can do. But when you when you look at, at it as an opportunity to automate it or to delegate it, then that's when your business really goes 10x or 100x and goes to that next level of being able to serve more people and make a bigger impact. Um, and so everybody everybody sort of needs certain things in business, right? You need uh, to be able to communicate to the world who you are and what you do. You need to, to be able to capture prospects or leads, and you need to be able to um, convert them as well as follow up with them and engage with them. And so those are easy things to automate. And we're actually working on automating the creation of that automation um, so that, you know, we can scale and help even more businesses ourselves. Um, oh. So that's really where we focus is we focus on all the on the automation. But at the end of the day, we want to be a one-stop shop. So if there are other things that people need in the technology world, then we will talk about whether or not it makes sense for us to serve those needs. So to give our listeners some ideas of how they can automate, uh, maybe they would create courses around their expertise so they could just sell the courses and not their own time or write books to sell or to give with the courses and things like that. Is that, is that not the concept that you're looking at? So, yes, that's that's part of it. Um, so part of it is automating the delivery of your expertise. And part of it is automating the processes for you generating revenue in your own business. So if you think about um, your ideal client and what it takes for you 
to to work with that ideal client. So let's take your radio show, for instance. You need guests for your radio show. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's say um, I'm, I'm I, I just went through the process. So you you qualify these guests, right? You make sure that they're a good fit for your radio show. Yes. And so you have a questionnaire, right? Um, fill out these questions, and that will tell us whether or not um, you're a good fit for our show. And also, we'll give you a little bit about us, so you can determine if it's a good fit for you. Does that sound about accurate? That sounds yeah. right. Okay. And so then, if you ask these questions in such a way that a that um, the answer is always yes, if like either yes or no questions or drop down answers, or uh, this is an easy, if they answer it this way, that automatically weeds them out kind of situation, then you can effectively uh, automate your entire onboarding process. You send a link, they fill out the questionnaire, a computer makes a determination whether they're a good fit or not. If they're not, it puts them into a bucket that maybe a human can review if you want to. Otherwise, it sends them notifications to say, hey, I'm sorry, you weren't a good fit, or yes, you were a good fit, here's the next step. You know, here's how, and, and you guys sent a video on how to use Skype and all that stuff, so you can put all of that in this automation. And you have effectively automated your onboarding process. See, wow. Thomas, we automated it and we didn't even know it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like there's, and there's more that we can do as well because, you know, this is a great example. I think that more than likely there's things that you would often assume are a, some, something that has to be done by human beings, like choosing a guest. I didn't think about putting in basically like multiple choice questions and based upon those results, making a, a predetermined concept of who should be on the show. That that never occurred to me. I would have never thought to do that. Yeah, and I, I mean, the easy weed um, to determine whether or not you can automate it or not is if you can do it twice or more, you can automate it. Oh, okay, cool. Well, you know, when I was going through my management training, Melanie, one of the hardest things for me to learn and one of the hardest things for me to teach managers to learn was delegation. <laughs> Nobody likes to give up their special work that they enjoy doing, I think, and losing that control button. But once you learn it, and like you're saying, once you get into the automation uh, roadway, you're really on a, a great path to free up time to be able to do things that you can do to improve your life and your business. Yeah. I mean, what's that quote? You live life in forward, but you learn in reverse. Mm -hmm. So true. And a big um, part of your mission, actually, Melanie McSally, who's joined us today, her mission is to show people there's a better way. If you want to continue to learn how automation can affect your life and your business in a very positive way, and you can free up some more spare time and generate more revenue, do stick around. We're going to come back in just a couple of minutes. We're going to continue the conversation. And if you'd like to listen to some of our past shows where every single week you get a free weekly gift, check out imaginemoresuccess.net and you can find the past episodes there. So do stick around.
For confidence in your financial plan, look for a CFP professional. When your financial advisor earns the CFP certification, it means he or she is trained to provide ethical financial planning across a holistic range of topics, from retirement and investing to taxes and estate planning, all in your best interest. So with a CFP professional, you'll feel confident in your financial plan today and tomorrow. Three letters do make a difference. Visit letsmakeaplan.org to find your CFP professional. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Thanks for sticking around with the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. We are back right now with Melanie McSally, who is the Boston-born and raised profit optimization and technology expert. Melanie, we talked a little bit about how how automation can actually positively affect small businesses. And we, we want to talk a little bit more about how you actually got involved with this and, and how, how this ended up really speaking to you. Sure. Um, so, you know, like most stories, I think, with entrepreneurs, um, I started out, um, I guess... I guess you could say tragedy. I don't like to look at look at it that way. Um, but when I was young, I was bullied, um, which is you know all too common these days, unfortunately. But um, but I grew up an Irish Catholic, and so um, you know we were taught to uh, not really worry or speak about our problems, but sort of just focus on our blessings in life. And so I never really told anybody. I just kind of dealt with it. And the way I dealt with it was to escape, to sort of create these imaginary worlds for myself where I could live in what could be rather than what was. And, um, and so I lived there and I, I spent a lot of time there and um, and, and these escapes were not just in my mind, but, you know, I played a lot of sports and, uh, I did a lot of exploring outside in the countryside and, and things like that. And, um, and I, I spent so much time doing this that I, I almost flunked out of high school. Um, and so, you know, I had to have like a, a moment with my mom where, um, where I was like, well, uh, I'm almost done with school. I'm going to make it. <laughs> I might be last in my class, but I'm going to make it. And then I'm going to be done. I'm, this will be the finish line. I can, you know, sort of check off that obligation to my parents that I've graduated high school and, uh, and move on with my life. And my mother, who, you know, is wife of a retired Navy officer and um, rose to be the vice president of five companies all at the same time, was wow. like, uh-uh, yeah, exactly. She was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was like, no daughter of mine is not going to college. Um, she's like, I don't care what you do. I don't care where you go. I don't care for how long, but you will go and you will graduate and you will like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty and, funny, actually. Yeah. And, 
And so I was like, okay, I'll show you. I'll just go to the funnest school possible. And so I went to Johnson Wales and I studied pastry arts. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Did you with uh, the, the uh, Johnson Wales in Rhode Island? Is that where you went? Yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Um, and when I got there, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. I really just came here to spite my mom. And, um, and so, you know, I, I did like baking and all, but, uh, but I really didn't know how. And uh, so I thought, oh, I'll join the cake decorating club, and that will teach me everything I need to know to get through school. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that joining the cake decorating club became this opportunity for me because I ended up being able to cook in Julia Child's kitchen. And I actually um, ended up getting a job interview just volunteering at an event and that turned into me becoming the youngest ever pastry chef in Rhode Island for this really prestigious country club. And, um, and so all my classmates were like, how do you do it? You must be this amazing baker. And I was like, yeah, if you only knew. <laughs> and, what was the and, secret? Right. And, uh, and so I was like, huh, you know, it just kind of opened perspective for me and just made me realize that um, you you get taught these things based on your experiences, right? Your, your glasses become um, rose-colored, if you will, based on your experiences in life. And I, I, that was my first step into realizing you can make a better way for yourself, no matter what the situation is. And so I, you know, I, I realized that baking wasn't for me, obviously. Um, and so I went into uh, engineering and I also, you know, became this competitive athlete and I did all this personal growth work and, and all these different areas of my life sort of all contributed to me having just this a range of skills and expertise and figuring to myself, thinking to myself, how am I going to use all these skills? Um, and so I just decided I'm going to make it my mission to show people there's a better way and just let them decide what that means to them. And I think that's a really great lesson for a lot of people who are listening today. You know, that you, sometimes people, I, I think, have a feeling that so many of their skills are so disparate or that they don't really know how they're going to utilize them. And putting some time and effort, maybe having some mentorship, having, you know, some time with a uh, mastermind uh, really can make a big difference and show them a very un unique way to kind of package their skills in a way they didn't think of before. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and that's where a good coach comes in or consultant where they can see the blind spots. Because I think that between your mother and your spiteful decision to go into baking, you know, the path you took to get to where you are is unique, but so powerful. Now, are you still baking? <laughs> I do it occasionally. I, you know, I'm the designated baker for all the holidays. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's get back to automation a little bit here. Um, what type, what are the kind of the categories of automation that are available to, uh, to someone who comes to you? What, what, what's available to them? Well, like I said earlier, we're actually working on this new series of products that allows us to automate the creation of automation. Um, I like to say it's automating the automation. Um, 
And what we're doing is we're taking those first steps in business that every business needs. Like the, if you take the sales funnel and you break that down into uh, steps in a workflow, we're trying to automate the creation of those steps for businesses so that we can make it really affordable, like really affordable, like less than a hundred dollars. <laughs> wow. Um, exactly. Because, um, I really want to show people that technology doesn't have to be expensive, you know, like let's, let's disrupt the, these big, huge companies that say that you have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on technology because you really don't. Well, and sometimes the expensive technology is just too difficult to learn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, and, and, you know, like engineers are right up there with doctors and lawyers on how much they charge by the hour. Um, and this is across the board, right? And so, um, you know, I'm just like them. I can't, I can't really, you know, like charge peanuts for, for what I do because at the end of the day, I have to pay all of my staff and everything too. But if we can automate the creation of these steps that everybody does and they all do in the exact same way, and we just put in variables for things that we want to customize, then we can make it super affordable because now we're not doing it anymore. Computers are doing it for us. That's fascinating. And do you offer kind of the, the three-tier system where people can kind of do it for themselves or they can uh, do it with you or do it for you? Is that a part of what you offer? Yeah. So I, when I started my business, um, it was really a big case study. Um, I came from Harvard, so we're big on case studies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and, and so it was really a big case study of, of learning um, what people need. When I actually got into entrepreneurship, I was going to create an app like everybody in the world. I was going to create an app. And um, I was having this conversation with somebody about what the features would be. And I said, oh, I really want this app to go global. I really think, you know, everybody in the world could use this app. And they said to me, well, how do you know? Like, have you met everybody in the world? <laughs> um, <laughs> and it really sort of was this moment for me of, you know, when you are from Boston, you are really in a bubble as far as your perspective on the world. Um, yes, I would agree with that 100%. <laughs> and so um, in order for me to really truly understand how I can serve on a global scale, I had to physically get out in the world and serve on a global scale. And so for my first year, I only did done-for-you services because I really wanted to customize everything and learn from people as to like what their real pain points were, what uh, what they were were dealing with as as um, new business owners and small business owners, and, and and that's you know, and now I'm at the phase where I'm creating the automation to to really scale those things. But I spent a good year and a half just doing done-for-you. So that's, you know, where our bread and butter started from. And I, th I think that's really great uh, advice for anyone who is beginning a new task or is trying to carve their own space. Really, the, the idea of taking your clients on face-to-face, one-on-one, maybe doing a little bit more than you originally would, would like to do so that you could scale it. But doing that, that's really your market research, right? That's really... 
uh, instead of hiring a firm to go out and <laughs> poll people, <laughs> ask questions or whatever, you get a lot of real world experience. And I, I think that's invaluable. And did, did you did you find that that's that was true for you then? Yeah, I mean, not only was I learning from them, but I was making money. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, like a lot of people, they they think, oh, I have to create these courses, I have to create these passive income streams, but they don't really know what people need, and so they're they're trying, they're creating before they're selling, and then they're having a hard time selling it because what they created might not be what the market needs, and so by doing it in reverse, it seems counterintuitive. But in the in the long run, you're actually going to make more money and um, have a better retention rate because your your clients are going to love you for what you've done for them. And they're going to become your biggest champions. So 90 percent of all of my business is referrals at this point. That's an incredible statistic. I mean, that is that really says a lot. And I'm. Most businesses wish that they had that because that is <laughs> that's that's really and truly where the money lies and uh, the potential to grow your business. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. So you spent some time also uh, writing and delivering courses uh, for Harvard. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I spent a, almost a decade at Harvard. I started as an engineer there. Uh, fun fact, they hired me because I went to school at a cooking school. <laughs> oh, cool. I, think, I think they thought I was going to bring desserts to work every day. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I spent nearly a decade there, and um, and I worked my way up the, the ladder from um, boots on the ground all the way to executive. And... Um, uh, Harvard went through a couple of internal mergers while I was there where they um, they're very decentralized, right? They have a number of professional schools in addition to their undergrad school. And each school had its own IT department. And they really wanted to take their central IT department and broaden it to serve all the professional schools so that they could um, they could take common things like um, single sign-on or login, passwords, uh, email, calendar, things like that, and make it universal to the entire university so that they could streamline things like booking meetings with people. And, um, and so the two largest departments, the School of Faculty of Arts and Sciences and the um, Central IT Department, did a merger. And, and when they did that, they decided to create this thing known as the Harvard IT Academy. And the academy was meant for all of the uh, IT employees, and there's you know over 700 of them, last, last I heard, um, uh, to, to give them, uh, they started with uh, T profession uh, education, so that's going broad as well as deep in your in your specific lane now and then they made it back to finish up the story in our next segment we do have to take okay. a short break um if you will stick around with us we're going to be back with melanie mcsally we're going to continue the conversation around automation and how it can make a difference in your business and in your life please stay tuned <laughs> Thank you.
You're back on the Imagine More Success radio show with Cindy and Thomas. Thank you for sticking with us today. We're continuing our conversation with Melanie McSally, who is one of the country's leading authorities on streamlining businesses to maximize profits. In our previous segment, we were just talking about uh, her ways of not just automating, but how she actually helped Harvard University to move to a more, I'd say, competitive and streamlined way of dealing with their own IT issues. So, Melanie, I think if you're, you're helping Harvard University to streamline their <laughs> IT department, that you could help someone with some, some pretty basic automations as they're beginning their business. Uh, what, what does that kind of look like? Take us through maybe, maybe a story of how you helped a, a person um, you know, who was kind of struggling in that, that first part of automation. Sure, yeah. Um, so, you know, Harvard is really big and, and, and complex, and, and so um, people might not think that, that I can relate to a small business, but I'll give you a story of a, an example of a, a, a single, single person who was um, going to an event, and um, she was a public speaker, and uh, she was going to sell some products from stage. Um, but normally, when you do that, you have people in the back of the room who can answer questions for you and run credit cards and, and give these um, people that are looking to purchase your books or your products or what have you. Um, they can really take care of that while you're continuing to educate and serve and, and sell from the front of the room. And this person was going to an event and the event was not going to have any support. Um, and so she was really nervous. She wasn't sure what she was going to do. Uh, and this girl speaks on optimizing your Instagram. So everybody, she always sells out her rooms. Um, and so she was expecting about four or 500 people in the room. Uh, and, and so she was really nervous about how she was going to handle this. And I said, well, why don't we, why don't we just create for you an opt-in direct to shopping cart where people can buy from you right from their phone while they're sitting in their seat. So there's no going to the back of the room. There's no, um, uh, you know, there's no need for support. And the, her event was literally the next day. And so overnight we built her this, um, this piece of automation. And the next day she used it. She sold from the front of the room. She had record sales and, um, you know, it, it not only allowed her to, to make money and, and reduce that stress, but it allowed her to really focus on what she's good at, which is teaching and serving from the front of the room, um, and not worrying about, you know, how am I going to make money while I'm doing all of this? And literally, how did that work in that particular scenario? You mean the logistics of what the, the people in the room did? Uh, no, as far as uh, your public speaker, what was it that she directed the audience to do? So she just told them to uh, type in a keyword to five-digit sequence of numbers. So just text this this keyword to this set of numbers, and then it would pop up a URL, and the URL would give them all of the uh, details about what she was selling, as well as a button to buy. Fantastic. And just like that, she went from have, from needing a staff of, if there's four or 500 people in the room, you literally need a staff of maybe 
six to 12 people in order to deal with that number of people who maybe want to speak to her afterwards and who maybe won't stand in line for a long time, but anyone can kind of jump on their phone in the moment and make a purchase, especially if, some, if it's something that really appeals to them. They might not even hear the end of the speech, but they will have uh, made that connection, which is really cool. I think that's a great example. Um, what other kinds of examples of automation and the way that they impact uh, small businesses can you recommend? Well, you know, I would say that most recently, like during this pandemic, um, the the thing I see the most of people coming to me is two things. One, they they needed to pivot. So that was a big one. They had a brick and mortar or they had, um, you know, in-person services and they needed to figure out how to go online. Uh, so that was one big thing. And then the next one is not leaving a customer behind, right? So I get a lot of calls that are like, Melanie, I'm going to forget somebody. Uh, you know, my business is it's booming during this pandemic and I feel like I'm going to forget somebody or I'm going to forget to do something. And so automating this onboarding process is a big one, like we were talking about earlier with your with your show and your guests. Can completely see that. Yeah, um, I think that's a problem a lot of people would like to have and not something that's often anticipated when someone is just beginning a business. I mean, you spoke to that earlier. That often comes as a surprise. And uh, that's kind of when there's a kind of a panic that sets in when they realize they're getting so busy they can't really handle everything that they're doing, which is, you know, there's worse problems to have in business, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad thing. There is. I actually teach a course on re-engineering the sales process because if you were to look at it from an engineer's perspective, you would actually build the process out before you started serving your clients, before you started selling, so to speak. Because if you're, if you're going out and getting your exposure and you don't have any way of capturing that exposure, then you're that's wasted time, right? And if you if you have captured all those leads, but you don't have any way to follow up with them or you don't have anything to convert them with, then again, they're just going to sit there and, you know, leads do go stale like food. <laughs> so um, it's good. It's a good analogy. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's about building out all of your systems and processes before, you know, and which is why, again, I go back to like, if you work with people one on one, that allows you to bring in some income while you're building out all of this stuff. Um, so you don't have to have all of this infrastructure before you even get started. I really like that, too. Um, when you say that you're taking kind of a engineer's perspective on business building, do you find that that also ha has something to do with personality types where, you know, certain personality types maybe are not necessarily following blueprints as much? Maybe, I don't say they're winging it, but maybe they're, they're less structured. That is, is that where, is that where kind of blending these concepts makes a big, I can imagine if the two of them come together, if you're highly creative and then you put a framework together, that that's kind of an explosion of potential. Is that what you find? Yeah, I mean, um, Clay Christensen once said, like, you're either the creator or you're the doer, but very rarely will you find one person that can serve both lanes. Um, and I think if, if you take any of the 
personality type quizzes, they all basically boil down to the same thing. And the doers really get frustrated with the creators and the creators really get frustrated with the doers. But at the end of the day, you need both skill sets, which is why we always go back to diversity. And, you know, diversity isn't just equity and inclusion. It's also diversity of thought, diversity of ideas, diversity of background for what you bring to the table, you know, um, and all of this helps you just be better in business. Yeah. And actually, I just want to make kind of a a point here that Clayton Christian actually passed away this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we lost um, someone who was a a real icon in uh, in American business and and, uh, academia, just kind of, but uh, incredible, incredible guy. Glad you brought him up. Uh, you know, that's a real interesting point. I never really thought of it that way. But Thomas and I are so, um, so lucky because we're both creatives and we're both doers. <laughs> it's rare. It's rare. It's rare. And, we, and we don't get in each other's way. We're actually very supportive when we're working, which is pretty interesting to learn that not everybody has both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's a, a really great, a friend of mine actually always talks about this, how important it is that anytime you're working with someone, really understanding them on a very, very deep level, because how, how, not just how you communicate with them and how they communicate with you, but what path that's best to take for them and how to lead them, especially if you're trying to work on a task or anything like that. And you, Marshall Thurber talks about always focusing on the first 15% of any thing that you do, because if you get the first 15% right, the rest of it, the rest of it comes very, very easily. And I can imagine that this is, this is very much the same concept as well, because looking at the business as a system or as something which you engineer rather than a, uh, as, as a completed product just gives you that opportunity to, to get ahead of the game, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't build a house by putting the studs in before the foundation, right? Yeah. Um, It it just wouldn't stand up. So, um, you know, the creatives are the ones that can see what will be, right? Like what could be. So they're the ones that are the interior designer. They're the one that can create the vision for the house. But at the end of the day, you still need the person who says it needs to be a 12 by 16 room or we need this much uh, concrete in order to be able to structurally hold this house. And and so, um, you know, I don't, I, I too am in both camps and I don't, um, I don't want to, I don't disparage either one because you need both. And so, you know, what I like to tell my creatives is have a notebook next to you at all times, because just because you have the idea doesn't mean you have to act on it but you definitely want to capture it because it's probably a great idea to be implemented at some point in time. That's funny. You'd say that Eddie Van Halen said that he used to keep a, uh, a recorder in the bathroom because he said every time he left the studio to go to the bathroom, that's when he'd have the idea. So then he finally, he just left a recorder in there so he could (laughs) make sure he could always capture whatever it was that he was thinking about. And I think that's a great, great uh, tip. Earl Nightingale said the very same thing. Keep that notebook handy. Yeah, uh, I recently drove across the country and you you always come up with ideas when you literally have do not have the ability to write something. And so, 
Um, I just like, you know, I just hit the button on my phone and, and asked my phone to text myself. Like, can you text me? Ah, <laughs> yes. You know, just so I could remember this. So this is a little, I guess, off topic of the topic of automation today, but tell us a little bit of uh, what's one thing that really stuck out for you um, that you were surprised by as you made your way across country? <laughs> um, well, I, I, I just did this trip. So um, there was, you know, uh, I went from Colorado to Florida. Um, and so it's interesting to drive across the country during an election season and seeing you know, and also during a pandemic of seeing, you know, all the supporters get out for both sides of the aisle and um, and then doing it during a pandemic. That was that was pretty interesting. Um, also, uh, I will say, like, let's go back to perspective for a second. When you grow up in New England, <laughs> mm -hmm. you can get the you can do the entire East Coast in 24 hours. Right. Um but then when you go on the West Coast, sometimes it can take you 24 hours just to get out of a state. And <laughs> at least it feels that way. <laughs> and and so I have to say, like, my boredom really sets in if I have not left a state in, in a day. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm still in the same state. Um, and it's just all about perspective. I talk to people who are originated from the West Coast and they're like, you guys have tiny states over there. I can just like blow through your states in a day. And yeah, it's that that's the biggest thing. It's just like the perspective the vastness of driving of, of the West. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have I struck I was I felt that very same thing when I moved uh, out to Las Vegas from the East Coast as well. Just I remember going through parts where it was so seemed so barren, so desolate. And uh, to see wide open spaces like that, I think I saw distances over land I had never seen before. It was incredible. Mm -hmm. Just an incredible experience. Well, we're going to continue the conversation in just a couple of minutes. We're on today with Melanie McSally, who is enlightening us with her work around automation, especially for the small business owner. So if you are a small business owner and you are feeling the need to add something to your business which is going to allow you to take off some of the pressure take away some of the headaches and some of the stress you do want to stick around if you want to listen to some past episodes go to imaginemoresuccess.net where you can always pick up your free weekly gift so do stay with us Imagine More Success Radio Show with Cindy and Thomas. We're so glad that you could join us today. We've been having a conversation not just about automating your business. We've been all over the map today talking about some really fun, some fun things. I think it's great that we have the chance to have kind of lighter conversation because it seems like the the tenor of the entire country has been pretty weighty lately. So it's always fun when we can uh, talk with one of our guests and, and uh, get a little more of a, a story as well about their lives, which is always very interesting to us. Uh, Cindy, I know that we've spent quite a bit of time always, you know, kind of looking at what's available as far as adding technology. And oddly enough, 
you and I have actually, I think, taken some steps into technology that we didn't necessarily, weren't necessarily excited about, but it's something that grows on you, right? It, it takes well, see, I was, I, was, I was trying just to hire people, and the people that were hired are the ones who developed the technology. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm, I'm into exactly. the delegation part. I think that's great because there's times where, you know, I find myself being great at one thing and then not so great at other things. And sometimes the technology part is the place I'm not so great. I will have to admit that. Well, the creative um, and the doer part is what I find fascinating. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think that it's really great to, um, you know, figure out what camp you're in. And if you need some help, then definitely search out help from the other camp. Uh, we've, we talk about diversity on the show. We, that came up again this show as well, that having a diversified staff, a diversified workforce, a diversified uh, group of people who are helping you to create ideas is only going to lend itself to more innovation and to more creativity and more solutions to the problems that you have. Well, and I would add one more piece to that. Lose the fear, you know? The mm, fear yeah. is what holds so many people back from so many things. And um, what's really interesting is that I really love visioning what's coming. And then I, I love getting into the creative. And Thomas, I think you like jumping into the creative after the vision's ready. And then when we get to the doing part, I like you to lead the doing and then I jump in with the doing. And then you jump in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I think that's <laughs> I think that's a pretty good uh a pretty good path to take. So if you're out yeah. there and you find yourself in one path or the other, if you're a creative or a doer, hey, find somebody to link up with. It's probably a really great idea. Yes, and lose that fear. Absolutely. We're going to continue our conversation with Melanie McSally, who is the technology expert and uh, who helps businesses to expand their profits. Melanie, what are some of your techniques for helping businesses right now to expand their profits in a way that maybe the small business owner just doesn't think of? Well, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, one of the things that that people um, assume is part of, uh, or or the only part of profits is is basically all of the um, all the thing that all the things that go on the balance sheet, right? The the technology, the costs, the people, the all the, all the things, right? That go on the balance sheet, um, but. But what you what you might not actually think about is all the um, all the peripherals. So let's take employees for example. If you have really hardworking employees that are dedicated to um, delivering your vision, that know what your vision is, <laughs> um, <laughs> then. They are marching in a straight line to where you're trying to go. Now, if they don't know what your vision is or if they're not aligned, like they don't agree with it or they're not 100% invested in it, then they might be taking a longer path to executing that vision. And they might not even be walking towards it at all. Because if they don't know what your vision is, how do they know if they're going in the right direction, right? And, yes. and so having a vision can actually help or hurt your bottom line when it comes to profitability. And 
in the same token, if you have a bunch of employees that are standing around the water cooler moaning about their boss or the company culture or any number of things that one complains about, what are they not doing? Not working. Working. They lost the vision. And doesn't this really apply to the individual as well? This doesn't have to be a big company that's experiencing it experiencing this this is part of your own personality traits as well right there's certain times where you know for a, a part of the day maybe you're the person who's complaining at the water cooler and it might be you're complaining about yourself that happens yeah. right right i mean let, let let's take the standard entrepreneur who is by all intensive purposes a really great innovator right and they're probably innovating all day long and they've probably come up with 10, 20 ideas in the course of the day, not like new products, services, but just ideas to help in one way or another or, or to just do something, right? And so every time they come up with an idea, that takes their focus away from their vision, even if they're just writing it in a notebook. Oh, and then that taking away from the, the focus of the vision is kind of like changing tasks on an assembly line. It, it's very inefficient. Every time you change a task, you find yourself losing focus and losing productivity. Is that kind of the same concept? Yeah. They say that it takes 15 minutes. Every time you lose focus on whatever it is you're working on and you context switch to something else, you lose 15 minutes. So if you think about every time you change direction in the course of a day and work on something else, you've lost 15 minutes. It adds up after a while. So now I'm starting to see a bigger value of the automation in that because you're leaving things to your automation to be done, the rest of your day is then not being disrupted multiple times and adding up those 15-minute segments, which by the end of the day – a handful of interruptions can be half of your workday. Exactly. And if you take the revenue-generating processes, like bringing on clients, bringing on guests, uh, converting uh, leads into clients, if you turn those into automation, then, you know, the things that are, are not necessarily immediately producing revenue, those things can be a little bit more lax because you know that you have these these processes that are just running without you, regardless of whether you're at the beach or you're working at your computer or whether you're, um, you know, uh, working with a client, those things are still happening. And that's a big part of that laptop lifestyle, right? That a lot of people, I think, don't really think is possible. But is it possible more than people think it is? Oh, yeah. I mean, I live it. I, I don't, I like to say I live everywhere and nowhere. Um, I, I sold my house. I gave away everything I owned and I set out on the road to be an entrepreneur because I didn't want to have a plan B. I wanted to go all in and see how fast I could become successful. And, um, and so I, I actually don't have a physical home. Um, and yeah, I work wherever I want. Let me ask you this. What was that transition like on a personal level? How did how did you feel about that? What was that first step like? Uh, hard. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, 
so there's, I really need to write a whole book about this, but there's so many correlations between being an athlete and being an, an entrepreneur. And so I thankfully was blessed with the fact that I'd already gone through all the hard things an entrepreneur goes through as an athlete. So I already knew that I could do it. And I already knew that it, it was going to be challenging. And I already knew that how to, um, how to hurt in order to get to the, the triumph, right? I already knew how to do all of that stuff because you said how to hurt. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Explain that. Explain that. So as an athlete, right? Like when you're, you know, even it it doesn't matter what your distance is, right? If you're, if you're going out and doing something for the first time, you're going to, you're going to go through a little bit of pain to receive an award at reward at the end, right? Like, you know, you, you might walk longer than you did before. You might run longer than you did before. You might cycle longer than you did before. Sounds like management to me. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And, and the same is true in business, right? It's like, uh, you know, you might, you might get a lot of naysayers telling you that you're not good enough or that you can't make it or that your idea is stupid or, you know, all these things. And, and it's going to hurt inside. And even you're going to have self-doubt inside. But if you know that you've, you've put in the work, you've, you've gone to school, you've studied, you've done personal growth, you've done whatever it is to get you to this point, to give you a genius. And if you can just tap into that and know that you've done the work, then each little step is just that. I mean, it might be a mountain, it's a little step. but yeah. it's just a little step. Yeah, I think that's a great message. If you're listening today, you know, what's possible for you is, again, probably significantly greater than you can even imagine right now. Wherever you are, if you have big dreams, it's it's time to continue to dream them and to make them even bigger, which is, which is I think, a beautiful story. And we love to hear stories about people who kind of just take the big jump, make make the big risk. And, you know, leaving everything behind is pretty cool. Is that why you find yourself kind of crisscrossing the country? Are you... Uh, just exploring America right now, or are you going to be exploring the rest of the world as well? Well, initially, I wanted to go live in Europe when I first started out. And then I was asked to become a public speaker. And I was, I was given about uh, 50 stages right off the bat. And so wow, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I couldn't leave the country because I was I was booked. And um, and in January, I found myself traveling to nine different countries. And then in March, I was at my parents' house and I didn't leave <laughs> until uh, September. And I was like, man, I just got to go somewhere, anywhere. <laughs> um, and it, nothing to do with my parents. It was just like being in the same spot. Um, sure. and, and so I just set out and I went to Texas. I had never been to Galveston and so I went to Texas and just explored and then a friend of mine who's in Colorado was like hey can you come here because I want to innovate and create and I think we could do something amazing together and so I was like sure why not um I was in my car I was not flying so I was um you know it was easy for me to to just be isolated and so I went there and then she she sold her house while I was there and so I was like okay well I'll go back back to Florida now. Um, but my plan is, you know, as soon as the, the borders are open to, uh, to go abroad and, and live abroad for a little while. 
That's really cool. And I think that's a very inspirational story. And Melanie, you've actually brought a really cool gift um, that I want to encourage everyone who's listening to take advantage of today. Please tell us a little bit, bit about your gift and how the, how our listeners can get it. Well, I talked earlier about how I do this um, sales automation, re-engineering your sales process masterclass. And you can you can get that by going to wisetribe.com and just putting your email address in. That's W-Y-Z-E-T-R-I-B-E.com. Um, but I, actually, uh, I'm just, spirit of the moment, I'm going to give another gift because we had talked about earlier, like, you know, how can you assess where you are in business and how can you know what to automate? And so I actually have a survey that if people want to fill out, I'll, you know, give them a, a few moments of my time to just do a quick assessment of their business and tell them where they are and what they could do quickly to, to automate. And if they just go to a bit.ly link, that is W-Y-Z-E-O-M-A-T-E, which is wise um, they can fill out that survey. Very cool. We want to thank you again, Melly, for joining us. It's been a real pleasure to have you here today. We hope that you had a chance to learn something about automation and also have a chance to let your imagination run wild to really figure out what's possible for you and what your dreams are. So we want to encourage you to always consider that, and we want to thank you again for joining us. If you'd like to listen to some past episodes of our show, do go to imaginemoresuccess.net and to learn some other ways that you can increase the revenue for your business, go to findhiddenmoney.com. And if you'd like to learn how you can start to change your mindset to becoming a millionaire, go to themillionairemindsetcourse.com. And until next time, we want to remind you to always realize your dreams and imagine more success. Thank you.